grace, mercy, and peace be with us from God the Father and from Jesus Christ, the Father's Son, in truth and love. Amen. Welcome to our podcast, To Be a Christian, the Anglican Catechism in a Year, where we are learning what it means to be a Christian and the essentials for our Christian faith and lives. Each day we are reading one catechism question, the appointed scripture lessons, and concluding with a relevant collect from the Book of Common Prayer. If you would like to buy or download To Be a Christian, the official catechism of the Anglican Church in North America, head to anglicanchurch.net slash catechism. As always, we encourage you to reflect on the catechism question and answer as we hear from the Holy Scripture readings and search for points of insight, deeper truth, and meaning for your lives. Today is day 110, and we are on the section on the third article of the Apostles' Creed. We are on the 16th line, the forgiveness of sins. Yesterday we answered, what is grace? Today we are on question 110, for what purpose does God give you grace? We will be reading from Psalm 25, Psalm 119, Jonah chapter 3, Matthew chapter 9, Romans chapter 6, 2 Corinthians chapter 3, and Titus chapter 3. Today we will conclude by praying proper 27. Question 110. For what purpose does God give you grace? God gives me grace in Christ for the forgiveness of my sins, redemption from sin's power, healing of sin's effects, and growth in holiness, to my final transformation into the likeness of Christ. Psalm 25, verses 5-11. through 11. Call to remembrance, O Lord, your tender mercies and your loving kindness, which has been from old. O remember not the sins and offenses of my youth, but according to your mercy, think on me, O Lord, in your goodness. Gracious and righteous is the Lord. Therefore will he teach sinners in the way. Those who are meek shall he guide in judgment, and those who are gentle shall he teach his way. All the paths of the Lord are mercy and truth to those who keep his covenant and his testimonies. For your name's sake, O Lord, forgive my sin, for it is great. Who is the one who fears the Lord? He shall teach him in the way that he shall choose. Psalm 119, verses 29 through 32. Take from me the way of the lying, and graciously teach me your law. I have chosen the way of truth, and your judgments have I set before me. I hold fast to your testimonies. O Lord, let me not be put to shame. I will run the way of your commandments when you enlarge my heart with understanding. Jonah chapter 3. Jonah goes to Nineveh. Then the word of the Lord came to Jonah the second time, saying, Arise, go to Nineveh, that great city, and call out against it the message I tell you. So Jonah arose and went to Nineveh, according to the word of the Lord. Now Nineveh was an exceedingly great city, three days' journey in breadth. Jonah began to go into the city, going a day's journey. And then he called out, Yet forty days, and Nineveh shall be overthrown. And then people of Nineveh believed God. They called for a fast and put on sackcloth from the greatest of them to the least of them. The people of Nineveh repent. The word reached the king of Nineveh, and he arose from his throne, removed his robe, covering himself with a sackcloth, and sat in ashes. And he issued a proclamation and published through Nineveh. By the decree of the king and his nobles, let neither man nor beast, herd nor flock, taste anything. Let them not feed or drink water. But let man and beast be covered with sackcloth, and let them all call out mightily to God. Let everyone turn from his evil way and from the violence that is in his hands. Who knows? God may turn and relent, 
and turn from his fierce anger, so that we may not perish. When God saw what they did, how they turned from their evil way, God relented of the disaster that he said he would do to them, and he did not do it. The Gospel according to St. Matthew, chapter 9, verses 1 through 8. Jesus heals a paralytic. And getting into a boat, he crossed over and came to his own city. And behold, some people brought him a paralytic, lying on a bed. And when Jesus saw their faith, he said to the paralytic, Take heart, my son, your sins are forgiven. And behold, some of the scribes said to themselves, This man is blaspheming. But Jesus, knowing their thoughts, said, Why do you think evil in your hearts? For which is easier to say, Your sins are forgiven, or to say, Rise and walk? But that you may know that the Son of Man has authority on earth to forgive sins, he said to the paralytic, Rise, pick up your bed, and go home. And he rose and went home. When the crowd saw it, they were afraid, and they glorified God, who had given such authority to men. St. Paul's Letter to the Romans, chapter 6, verses 1 through 11. Dead to sin, alive to God. What shall we say then? Are we to continue in sin that grace may abound? By no means. How can we who died to sin still live in it? Do you not know that all of us who have been baptized into Christ were baptized into his death? We were buried therefore with him by baptism into death, in order that just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, we too might walk in newness of life. For if we have been united with him in a death like his, we shall certainly be united with him in a resurrection like his. We know that our old self was crucified with him in order that the body of sin might be brought to nothing, so that we would no longer be enslaved to sin. For one who has died has set us free from sin. Now if we have died with Christ, we believe that we also live with him. We know that Christ, being raised from the dead, will never die again. Death no longer has dominion over him. For the death that he died, he died to sin, once for all. But the life he lived, he lives to God. So you also must consider yourselves dead to sin and alive to God in Christ Jesus. St. Paul's second letter to the Corinthians, chapter 3, verses 16 through 18. But when one turns to the Lord, the veil is removed. Now the Lord is the Spirit, and where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. And we all, with an unveiled face, beholding the glory of the Lord, are being transformed into the same image from one degree of glory to another. For this comes from the Lord, who is the Spirit. St. Paul's letter to Titus, chapter 3, verses 4 through 7. But when the goodness and loving kindness of God our Savior appeared, he saved us, not because of the works done by us in righteousness, but according to his own mercy, by the washing of regeneration and renewal of the Holy Spirit, whom he poured out on us richly through Jesus Christ our Savior, so that being justified by his grace, we might become heirs according to the hope of eternal life. Question 110. For what purpose does God give you grace? God gives me grace in Christ for the forgiveness of my sins, redemption from sin's power, healing of sin's effects, and growth in holiness, to my final transformation into the likeness of Christ. Proper 27. O God, whose blessed Son came into the world that he might destroy the works of the devil and make us children of God and heirs of eternal life, grant that, having this hope, we may purify ourselves as he is pure that when he comes again in power and great glory, we may be made like him in his eternal and glorious kingdom, where he lives and reigns with you and the Holy Spirit, one God, forever and ever. Amen.
Let us bless the Lord. Thanks be to God. Now to him who is able to keep you from stumbling and to present you blameless before the presence of his glory with great joy, to the only God, our Savior, through Jesus Christ, our Lord, be glory, majesty, dominion, and authority before all time and now and forever. Amen.